What's up, them listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy. Alongside my co-host, the Keg. What's up, everyone? And joining us today for our Dallas Cowboys off-season talk episode, we have Nick. How are we doing, Nick? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm glad to be a guest. This is my uh, second guest appearance. Uh, first in the UK, so... Real proud to uh, you know be helping you guys out and giving you my opinions. Awesome stuff, Nick. Good, good. Well, glad we're your uh, first across the pond uh, guest. So that's all good. Uh, so I'll let you have the floor, Nick, in terms of your socials and your pages and everything. So I'll let you have the floor with that. You go right ahead. Yeah, um, I'm just uh, you know I just do NFL follow trains on Twitter at Spoon of Zeke. Um, you know I do it every single day at 9 a.m. and that's. You know, that's how I met these guys and how people know me on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I just kind of give my opinions on uh, the Cowboys and just basic NFL stuff and just try to interact with people and also help people grow their page. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I do on Twitter. Yeah, it's well worth checking out as well. Real, it really builds up the followers. It's well worth. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next, so we'll go straight into it. So, Cowboys last season, obviously, a little bit of a uh, felt like a little bit of derailed season. Obviously, the main talking point, obviously, Dak had a, a season ending injury. And, you know, obviously, when you've got someone like Andy Dalton as the backup, as well as he's manageable, he's not going to push the team that much forward in terms of, you know, you know, Dak is the guy. He got injured. Zeke in and out of the season wasn't as healthy as he'd like to be. I think you were sort of still lucky that the division obviously isn't as strong at the moment so you guys went right to the wire sort of like to the last game of the year to, to potentially get into the playoffs um obviously didn't come to fruition in the end of the loss to the Giants yeah how did you see the season I mean obviously not what uh, you know most Dallas Cowboys fans were expecting um obviously when you when your starting quarterback goes down it's always hard to recover especially mid-season oh man it I was so upset when Dak went down like you know, at least with Dak, I honestly felt like the Cowboys had a chance every game. I mean, he was thrown for like four or 500 yards. Like, I was not blaming the losses on on him in any kind of way. Like, even if he lost in like the last second, I think it was against the, the Seahawks that he lost in like the last second. But um, uh, I didn't blame it on him. It was always the defense that was really just behind the offense. But when he went down, it really it really showed to everyone who was the Batman and who was the Robin between uh, Zeke and uh, Dak. And I walked away at the end of the season being like, man, we, you have to re-sign Dak. Like the way that the offense is built, the way that Kellen Moore uh, is calling plays, it's really about the passing game. Um, you know, I, I walked away seeing that Tony Pollard is probably the future for the Cowboys if you really want to commit to the passing game because – Zeke is a bell cow running back. Like you got to give him 25 touches, like that Derrick Henry territory. Um, Tony Pollard, he, he, he runs the ball hard more on the outside, uh, outside of the tackles, but he can return kicks and he's very electric in that sense. And I was, that's one ability that is kind of a forgotten art in the NFL. Um, you know, a lot of teams struggle with it and, you know, they really just let their guys let it go into the um, end zone for a touchback. So Tony Pollard, I'm really, you know, excited to see him. But, you know, I, I love Zeke, man. You know, Spoon of Zeke, you know, I, I that's my that's my guy. And I, I'm 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 kind of bummed that I'm put in this situation as a fan. But 
thankfully I don't have to figure out the situation. I can just give my opinion on it and, you know, let the chips fall how they may. Yeah, I mean, it, you, I mean, it is quite a tough position at the moment with this, with the contract, you know, expiring. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're currently, I mean, if we move into the cap, I mean, you're currently sort of 19 million over. However, Dak Prescott's looking very likely to be tagged now, which is um, 37 million this year after being tagged last year. So that leaves you about 18 million uh, in the negative for next season, cap-wise. I mean, yeah. that, that leaves you in a very tough position to be able to resign anyone. You know, looking down the list here, I mean, there's quite it's quite difficult to see any of these being cut. I think maybe you're going to have to sort of focus on um, sort of like restructuring contracts, really, like, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Ezekiel Elliott, probably sort of restructuring-wise. I mean, is there anyone here that you sort of see as maybe a potential cut? I mean, money-wise, there's a bit of money to potentially free up with Tyron Smith. I mean probably don't want to be moving on from him but there's there's not really Tyron Smith I mean he was part of that legendary uh you know offensive line for the Cowboys Mm -hmm. but he's had trouble staying healthy for all 16 games if he's if he's healthy he's on I mean he's one of the best in the league but you know one of the things you really have to think about in today's NFL is how healthy are these guys and can I get 16 games out of them and if you're constantly putting in your backup uh, left tackle, um, you know you should really try and move on. I mean, Tyron Smith would be a would be a smarter cut because you can pick up a lineman later in the draft. Like there's some Alabama guys that are fall like later in the draft. Like I don't know if Alex Leatherwood is you know second or third round, but he's a he's a big hog molly, and you know there's some guys in there that can definitely. Uh, help the younger guys you don't exactly need a coach you already have those veterans like uh martin um and you know frederick and uh you know i think i think that they can definitely pick up some guys in the draft yeah i think it's, a, it's such a strong tackle class this year as well you know when yeah. you pick in the second round you're picking quite early you can probably get like a, a first round talent with that second you know that second round pick you got there at 10 um mm-hmm. I mean, looking at anyone else, I mean, is there anyone else here that screams out at you as sort of a cap casualty, maybe? Or is it, you think, maybe just restructuring these contracts? I think I think they should restructure some. But, like, you know, Blake Jarwin and uh, Dalton Schultz, that's a very interesting situation uh, because, you know, Jarwin went down and, you know, everybody thought that the tight end situation was going to be kind of kind of a negative on the team. And it wasn't exactly a negative. I think Dalton Schultz played very hard and did very well. Um, Blake Jarwin, it's – he's making way more money than Dalton Schultz. So I think he could be a, a, a definite cut. Um, yep. You know, I, I really, I really like Anthony Brown, but you know, maybe they can try and if they don't get, they, if they don't focus on defense in the first pick for the first round, they could probably pick up some guys in the later round, like Asante Samuel jr. You know, he's got that pedigree um, and Trevon Diggs wasn't even picked up in the first round. Like I would keep him. Uh, we can also take away the fullback. A Wale, we, we, we can just run the, the, the four wide receivers because we got Cedric Williams. If we really want to focus on the passing game, let's just get rid of the fullback and the offense. You know, um, Tristan Hill, uh, I don't know. He, he, he did that gator role. I didn't really appreciate that. That's not really like, uh, you know, my eyes cowboy play. Um, he, could, he could probably go. Um, Randy Gregory is an interesting case because – 
you know, with Alden Smith coming in and coming in very strong, uh, I'm so glad for him. Like he, he had a real big resurgence after, you know, drug issues and, you know, being out of the league and he comes back and just like, almost like Alden Smith of old and gave, you know, a defensive end uh, to the Cowboys. Maybe Randy Gregory can go too. I mean, yeah. you know, you mentioned guys that I think that could potentially free up the space. I mean, any of these, these are your free agents next year. I think looking down the list, there's sort of quite a few there that you're probably sort of looking to move on from. They're sort of getting a bit older now. I mean, Tyron Crawford's sort of aging. You know, anyone there that's sort of like, obviously, Prescott we've talked about as a franchise tag option. Yeah. So, anyone else? Uh, I mean, I'll just I'll just go down the line on who I who yeah. I would like to keep. Uh, definitely, I, I I want to franchise Dak. We got to figure that situation out. That can be another time. Uh, Tyron Crawford, uh, you you can let him go. He he didn't really jump off the page for me. Sean Lee, he needs to become a coach. Um, he's he's way too injured and just give us the cap room. Come on, buddy. If you really like us, give us the cap room. Uh, Andy Dalton, uh, only in one year. Like it's got to be like real cheap. Like. You know, I, I'm not going to pay for the performance last year. Um, Cam Irving, he's solid. I would – you know what? He can go. He's a little old, 20, 30, uh, 29 years old. Joe Looney, he can go. Alden Smith, got to bring back. Blake Bell, go. The long snapper, he can stay. It's, he's going to be cheap. Joe Thomas, uh, he can go. Uh, Awuzier, hmm. Uh, Man. I would say it's quite interesting because as much as, you know, because obviously there's been a lot of like stuff going around, you know, looking for other cornerbacks, but a woozy when he can play, like he can play, you know, but I think the thing yeah. is he's getting him on like a, a, a friendly deal. As long as it's a friendly deal, then it then it could be worth maybe retaining him. But like you say, because it's you're, you're penny pinching here, you know, like a lot, yeah. a lot of teams will be, you know, so, but it's, it's interesting with a woozy. I mean, it'd be nice to get him on like a, not a better deal, but. He might test the market too, so it's one of those types of situations. That guy. I mean, if I was Jerry, I'd be like, "Look, man, I'll give you a prove it deal if you make it to the Pro Bowl. I'll give you a contract." Like mm-hmm. that—that's the conversation you should have with the Woozier. He's very interesting, but it's not like the corners lit up the uh, world last uh, year. So um, that—that's—I'll hold on him. Uh, Goodwin, he can go. March Lillard can go. Jordan Lewis. Mm. I think I bring him back just to see what he can, what progression he shows. Um, because I think that he did show flashes, but I, I wouldn't say the whole issue was him in the um, secondary. Um, Malik Turner, he can go. Antoine Woods, he can go. We can find inside linemen um, to fill in to give the same kind of production cheaper. Uh, Eli Okonkwo, same thing. Go. Greg Sennett. Mm. I think he's like a. I think he's like a real big tackle. He can go. Uh, no, he's really cheap. If he comes back on the same deal, it's like under seven hundred fifty k. I think yeah. he can come back. Woods, mm, I really like him. Um, yeah, Woods done okay. I mean, I think I think the thing about Woods, he is a younger guy as well. Maybe it's yeah, just, you, it's all about that type of. It depends what deal it is. Like you said, it's like if Jerry goes right, you need to prove it. Like there's, it's more of an incentive based type contract. If you bring it back for a year, it's like right, you can have it. But you got to, like, if you want the money, get into the Pro Bowl, get into, you know, like, shit, stuff like that, you know. So that's quite an interesting one. I think, I think at safety, he's a, probably worth it. I think you are in a position to do these sort of prove-it deals this year as well, where there's a lot of teams struggling with a cap, obviously dropping due to COVID. There's a lot of teams that are sort of struggling. So I think players like that, you can give them the one-year prove-it and then say, look, we'll pay you next year if you get the job done this year, show a bit of improvement. I, I would try to um, find someone that's hungry 
um, that's around the same age and bring in for competition and be like, all right, if you beat this guy out, I'll, I'll take you. Um, that He's another prove it. Um, Noah Brown, he honestly, he can go. He's like six wide receiver. Rondell Carter, he can go. We're pretty much set at edge for me. Um, Cedric Wilson, he can come back if he wants to be the fourth receiver. Uh, you know, but he's going to get the fourth receiver money. No, it makes yeah, no, sense. So, I mean, what's, what's, the, what's your sort of main needs then going into next season? Like Secondary? Offensively, I mean, it, was, it was pretty poor. Even though it is on that. 27, 28 for saying offensively. Get some DBs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would, what my like dream scenario is, is I would like to attempt to try to rebuild the line, uh, through the draft, but that's towards like the back end. You got to give me some defense. Like we can't stop looking away from the defense. Um, I was, I was happy with Jalen Smith. Uh, he had a, like a, a, a buttload of tackles, but he, he was always chasing everybody. Like I always saw him chasing people. So we need someone um, in the secondary. Like one of the people that I would uh, love, like if they had enough space for, was uh, Richard Sherman. He's got that. He's got that championship caliber. He seems to be an elite leader. The teammates seem to love him. I think he could take like Xavier Woods and Anthony Brown to the next level. Um, I think that that would really help. Um, but we we have to do something in the secondary, um, and and then build the offensive line. You know, Tyron Smith is getting old. I don't think he's worth the money that he's making now. Um, you know, if if Trent Williams was available, he's someone that would be worth that money. He's in that tier. I mean, I was very impressed with him in San Francisco, but um, Tyron Smith, he just he's fallen off, and you can't keep paying for people for the back of their football cards anymore. So, you know, you got to be smart. And this is this is COVID time, so caps going down. People are trying to figure out what the cap's going to be. And it's going to be penny pinching time. So uh, Jerry's got some work to do. Yeah, I think, you know, the benefit you really is it is like league-wide that, you know, apart from obviously the teams at the top, there is a few. But, you know, I think that's the benefit you're in. You're going to be able to pick up some of these guys cheaper. I mean, any other sort of quarterbacks you like to look of on this on this free agent list? I mean, Sherman, I think, is a great shout. You know, bring that veteran presence and prove you guys you currently got. I would, I would like um, – you know who I um, – he's three million – um. Yeah, I, I would. I would like um, Bashad Breeland if he could stay cheap. Um, I think he's very solid. I watched a lot of him when he went. Um, that when he went was playing Washington. Um, and we were playing against him. Uh, I, I kind of liked him, and he did win a championship with the Chiefs. Uh, he's only twenty nine years old, so I mean, I think he's got a couple more years left in the tank on him. Xavier Rhodes. I think he still has a little bit more to prove. You could that could be like a buy low, sell high kind of guy. Garen Garen Conley is an interesting pick because he kind of he had some like off the field weird issues that never really panned out. But I thought he was doing good in uh, Las Vegas, but then he got traded, and then it just didn't make sense. So maybe him. He didn't play any snaps last year. Maybe he was hurt. Yeah, we know how much Rashad was attacking at the moment. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy I don't want is Josh Norman. I've seen enough of him get burned. I'm I'm out. I'm yeah. out on Josh Norman. Yeah. I'm, he can be stiff armed somewhere else, not with yeah, a star yeah. on his helmet. Okay. I mean, at 34 now, I think it's getting to a point for him. He's just going to be picking up some vet minimum stuff. Like if he actually wants to get a ring, he'll he'll happily take like a cheaper deal just to go somewhere because like that's all we can do now. 
like like you said, it, it's not worth getting made made into memes anymore. Like it's just not worth yeah. it. His age, like, and he and he's you know when he was younger in his Carolina, he had the, he's he's made his money. He you know it depends where he wants to go. It's quite interesting for you guys at ten, you know, because when you think about you know like so we pull up some of the list of free agents that you know secondary is a big need here. I mean. It's always good to bring in a veteran guy. We've expressed this quite a lot in fewer episodes. Like it, it, it can build a lot, especially at a unit like a young, like a young secondary unit. You know, you take someone yeah. like Richard Sermon that you'd like, who can give you that different mentality. Who, in a, in, in a, in a, in a way, are like a coach themselves. You know, because yeah. when they're on there, they can, you know, they know different things than other. You know, then bringing someone in at ten. Like, don't be wrong. I think there's a good high chance you'll draft someone like Caleb Fairley or Patrick Sertain. You know. Two, two of the highest graded corners. Dream. Um, it'd be good. I think I think realistically it probably will happen. And I think there's gonna be a lot of trades in the top ten, but I don't think anyone's gonna be trading for a corner this year. So I, I do think that one of those could easily fall to you. So I just sort of going on the draft, I mean, is that like your dream scenario? Someone like Caleb Fairley falling into your lap? Like, would you like that to happen and then just be like, yep, yeah, take him, like this worth doing for the secondary? Um, uh, Caleb Fairly is is second to Patrick Sertan. Um, give me those championship caliber guys. Uh, you know, CD Lamb. He he hadn't won a championship, but he played in Oklahoma where there was like you know high caliber. Is Zeke Elliott high caliber uh program? It's just steel sharpening steel. Um, I think Patrick Sertan is a junior is the most pro ready corner uh coming in, and I think if we can get him at ten. Just put twenty one on him and call him Dion. Like I, I think that he's the, he's ready to go. Like yep. it, you don't need to teach him too much because he he's gone through Alabama. He's gone through you know basically the toughest division uh, conference in the uh, NCAA, and I would consider that the minor leagues of the NFL. If someone comes from the SEC, th- they're ready, and if they're dominating there, they are ready to to at least step in. That's like my dream scenario. But um, you know if. if there's like a run on quarterbacks and Penny Sewell falls to 10. I'll take him. Uh, that, that would be a dream. It does happen. Uh, please don't give me Kyle Pitts right now. We don't need any more weapons. Um, I see Jerry definitely like being on his yacht and just being greedy and just taking him and just being like, all right, I'm taking him. Uh, that's not what I want. But I need, I need some, some offensive line help or corner help or safety. I mean, if, you, if there's a safety, but I don't think there's a safety at 10 that I want. Corners, um, I definitely wanted. I wanted a ten. Yeah, I mean, we done our mock drafts the other day, and I certainly haven't got a safety going anywhere near that. I mean, I think so. I agree with you. I think Certain's the best corner in this draft. Um, I actually taken Farley just because he was off the board, but I think one of them corners will be there for you at ten. And I think that's probably the best way to go. I mean, you've got the nose tackle as well. I think. Um, you mentioned Mitch. Yeah, I mean Christian Barmore, like you said, and again another Bama guy. Just Bama guys coming out, you know, like hundred percent. Like I say, still sharp and still not a bad guy. To I think personally, he's a little bit high for me at ten, but it depends what happens and who falls to you. I mean, it's not the worst option, like because you you do need you you are going to want interior line, but you did point out earlier if you are going to address that, you can sign like cheaper interior guys, maybe not spend the top 10 pick on someone. Cause you know, Christian Barmore's not going to be Aaron Donald, you know, like in that middle, you know, like he's not that type of athlete, but it, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, Barmore's an option or, or are you not really feeling him? 
at 10, I'm out on defensive tackles. Like you literally have to, and even with like Aaron Donald, like he is one of the greatest defensive tackles I've ever seen, like in my lifetime, but his team isn't dominant because of him. Like he can dominate the guy in front of him all day and have like 10, 15 sacks in a season at the defensive tackle position. And the team can go like seven and eight. And, and that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. And especially with today's NFL people, the, the field has basically gone like 15 yards up. Like the first level is just for pass rush. Um, you know, one of the guys that I believe is coming out is Marvin Austin of, of uh, Florida state. Uh, he's going to be in the later rounds. That would be a great guy to pick up. I'll take him in the later rounds, but at 10, I, I don't even know like what player they would have to be. Like it would literally have to be Warren Sapp reincarnated for me to take him at 10. And, and, and if, even that I'm, I'm, I'm questioning it because there are so many other needs elsewhere where we can get a lot more impact in today's NFL, like a corner or a safety, but there's no safeties at 10. So push that back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes Shut sense. Up. And like you say, you can get interior guys. Sorry. Sorry. Ken. Like you can like get interior guys later on. Like yeah. you look at, I think the prime example, you know, we're going to point our Falcon out. Like we love him. We got Grady Jarrett in the fifth, you know, I'm yeah. not saying everyone's going to be a Grady Jarrett, but you can pick up guys from day two, at least, you know, yep. that, that, that can prove something a little bit more rather than a guy, like you said, unless it's someone that's a dead cert freak of an athlete coming in at, it, it, at a nose tackle, it's not worth, not worth the gamble. I don't think. He's got to block, he's got to be able to block kicks too. Like yeah, yeah. block every single field goal attempt. Like yeah. that would take it for me to draft him at 10, like that extra skill. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I see you've uh, you've brought in Dan Quinn this year, your uh, defensive coordinator. I mean, we we had him at Falcons, obviously our head coach. I mean, you you happy with that sort of? Yeah, I think you, it will build a nice defense for you. Obviously, you need a lot of help there. I mean, obviously, um, not started yet, but Dan Quinn's last like few years, like since he collapsed in the uh, Super Bowl, it's really been like a steep decline for him, and the defense has really <clears throat> taken a steep decline with him he has had players like kind of like arrive on the scene, like Grady Jarrett. Uh, he was developed under Dan Quinn. Um, I would say that right now, Jerry's not focusing on the defense right now. Like I would have much rather like a bigger name. I, I don't even know defensive corners because it's almost like they're a dime a dozen. Uh, it's really about the pieces that you have. And as long as you have the right system, it can work. I don't, I don't know. I think that Jerry's trying to make the defense just – allow enough points for the offense to score more. Like yeah. he, he would rather yeah. like a 49, 42 game than anything because that's what's going to sell tickets mm-hmm. for him. I mean, he's a businessman. He's one of the greatest businessmen of our generation. So I respect him, but that's kind of like how I'm feeling. Cause Dan Quinn is not like a guy that makes my jaw drop. He's like, Oh man, our defense is going to be top five. It's going to be like, I don't know, top 20 and just allow not enough offense for the offense to score more. So yeah. It's just enough. If he can improve that, I mean, I think your guys rank like near near the back end, like you know, in yeah, certain, you know, total defense. If you can push into that like middle bracket, and you're getting Dak healthy and and, and can, that can score thirty to forty points a game, it mm-hmm. seems like a better bet. And I think, you know, like I say Jerry's not stupid as well. That's that's like what he would want. He'll want Dak lighting it up, going for MVP discussions. You know, he, he won't he won't care too much what's happening on defense as long as they can the bend not break mentality as such. You know, like just do enough, like. We've been after that for years, and it's never happened. So it's just, it's just 
it just feels yeah. like that, you know. So, but that's the way sort of I can see why Jerry going. Pass interference, defense, automatic first down. Nick, so sort of we'll, we'll cap it off there. The one thing we have done for our episodes, um, obviously, it's it's way way early. Obviously, you know, free agency hasn't really kicked off yet. Everything's sort of coming to fruition. Everything's a bit off board. Um, but we are going to ask you for a way, way too early prediction. So if everything went right for you in terms of what you would like to see the Cowboys do in the draft, free agency, obviously bringing Dak back, whatever, whatever the situation is, what can you realistically see or what would you like to see from, from a record standpoint for your Cowboys next year? Well, eight and eight will win the division, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. So not much, but honestly, if Dak was healthy all year, I saw a like 10 and six season happening and there's not many pieces from the offense leaving CD lamb came on. Um, and I think that he's going to play a bigger part. Um, hopefully Gallup stays. I really hope Gallup stays. Um, I really like him. He's a great number two, but I see 10 and six happening again. Um, they, they were able to score enough points and the defense just had like one more stop. Like that, that's what the thing is, is they just got to make one more stop and they'd have a 10 and six season. So that's what I'm seeing this year, 10 and six sticking to it. Yeah. I mean, as a, I mean, as a fan, Cole, obviously in your sort of, in your division, um, I think Washington are probably your only real rivals personally for the title. I think, you know, if you can shore up your defense a little bit and, Dak stays healthy. I think you're probably the favourites to win that division next year, just in front of Washington for me. And I think, yeah, 10 and 6 is perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I think when you look at the division, obviously, you know, they're the guys you're going to be playing that got a good chunk of your season. So, you know, you look at the Eagles that, you know, they got some weird situations going on there. So they're not going to really be a contention. Obviously, the division rivals, it's all that stuff. But you should get at least like four wins out of that division this year. You know, you've got to look at that type of schedule. And um, I do think like, ideally, you could get a winning season. And like you said, eight and eight probably could be enough, like realistically, as it, it could happen again in this division. I know it doesn't really repeat in that, you know, like you'll get a losing division one year. It never really repeats, but there's a good chance unless like, you know, nothing jumps off the board to me other than Dallas getting Dak back. Like, you know, from all the teams in that division, like that sort of yeah. the only sort of big point for that division is like, Oh, like shit, that's, that's probably pretty much going to come back and give Dallas a lot more than they probably, you know, that they should have achieved last season. So I think a nine win season, I could see, but also, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, seven to eight could just like do it. So it's going to be interesting in that division again. I must admit, it's, it, 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 I'm, as much as we made fun out of it last year, I mean, we weren't doing much better, but it was quite <laughs> cool to watch. It was like, like who who actually wants to win this division? Like, <laughs> it's really, really interesting. You know, when that went down, I was like, well, this is going to be quite I mean, interesting. This sounds like a bit of a silly question. I mean, we had Washington on the other day. And he sort of said that he was a bit annoyed getting to the playoffs at the end with the draft pick they've ended up with because he didn't think he was going to do anything in the playoffs anyway. I mean, for you, are you sort of happy that you're sort of picking nine places higher than Washington? You didn't play that one game or was it just, you know, playoffs and playoffs, you know? Uh, for me, if the season's lost, like as soon as Dak was hurt, season was lost for me. Like there was no way we were going to do anything in the playoffs. So might as well build up next year because Dak's going to be coming back. I'm glad he didn't have an Alex Smith situation, but Washington has a tendency to just run to mediocrity. Like they are happy with the seven and nine season, eight and nine season, nine and seven season. And they don't really like, 
in order to get RG3 at two, they mortgaged like their entire future five years in the future. Like they, they, they would rather have the middle pick for me. I'm glad that we got the 10th pick. Like, I think that's a solid pick. There's some great players in this draft. It's a deep draft. Um, we can get some needs met. Um, I'm glad that we did not read. We like, I saw a lot of positives come out of Dak's injury. You know, the wide receivers, they still did very well with like four different guys throwing to them. That's amazing. Imagine if one guy was throwing with them. So I, I saw a lot of positives, but I'm glad we got a, we got a top 10 draft pick. Good stuff, Nick. We'll cap it off there. Appreciate you coming on, brother. Thank you very, very much. Um, see how you Cowboys get on next year. I think it's going to be a wild season next year. I mean, the offseason hasn't really started yet, so it's going to be good stuff. Appreciate you coming on, taking the time out to uh, speak to us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to share, share your stuff out and uh, help you all grow. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Nick. Uh, so, guys, we've got a lot of stuff coming up again this week. Stay going for all these episodes of Season Talk. And we're going to be releasing our mock drafts this week. Uh, whoever's listening to the time is, we will be releasing it very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that on our socials. So thanks again, guys. Take care. Take safe. Uh, stay safe. Sorry. Catch you soon.